Make sure that's on. Okay, perfect. So hello everyone. Today we have Katie Zapieri, who is the founder and creative director of Girl Talk Empowerment. Uh, Katie is a social entrepreneur, author, blogger, and motivational speaker who has spoken across North America, including on the TED Talk international stage in Vancouver. She is the youngest weekly on-air radio panelist on Toronto News Talk 1010 AM. Katie is the proud founder of Girl Talk Empowerment for the past seven years and is recently rebranding Girl Talk Empowerment to Girl Talk Speaker Bureau, an organization that provides life-changing experiences, a multi-platform support network, ethical merchandise, and leadership opportunities that gives girls the tools they need to overcome personal challenges and make their mark on the world. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Katie. Hello, Hi, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, thank you so much uh, for being on our podcast, of course, today. And uh, we're just going to ask Katie a couple of questions and uh, dive into Katie's experience. So First, what I wanted to ask you was, um, what inspired you about seven years ago to create Girl Talk Empowerment? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a really big believer that uh, for 99% of us, we don't know exactly what our career path is going to be, and we can never fully predict where we're going to be in five years, 10 years. But um, I believe in looking within your circle for problems that you can solve. And that's essentially what I've been doing and working to do since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, it was shortly after I graduated from university that I um, was speaking at high schools and noticed a very strong uh, need to speak to girls in particular. And that's because when I'd come in and talk about things like leadership and, you know, making your mark, a lot of girls would come up and talk to me afterwards and say things like, you know what, Katie, like, this is great, but I'm really struggling with, with my body. Like, I don't love the way that I look. Um, I'm struggling with an eating disorder. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm not the most popular girl in school. All of these sorts of issues became recurring themes. And I realized I can't even get to talking about making your mark until we kind of address some of these concerns and barriers, many of which are like self-imposed or peer pressures that are really getting in the way of these young ladies seeing their full potential. So let's bring in like real relatable um, speakers and workshops and help meet these girls where they're at to show them that far more important than how you look is who you are, what your talents are, and what uh, contribution you're going to make to the world. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's fantastic that you found that um, kind of a need for something like that versus just, you know, going out there and providing those workshops. It, it, you kind of changed your mindset and really realized that, hey, this is something that these young girls need. So to focus on that is incredible. So good for you. And, you know, I think this kind of jumps into our next question is I'm sure your audience provides you with a ton of inspiration um, when creating workshops, putting out content. So where do you find that you're getting um, that inspiration when you're thinking of, you know, creating content in those workshops? Yeah, I love thinking about the stories of the people who are in the middle of a challenge and in the middle of an obstacle. And, um, you know, we are kind of in the middle of a rebrand right now and moving towards a speaker's bureau. And that's just because we really want to amplify 
the voices of females in a wide range of professions. So right now I'm kind of using my platform and been using my expertise and really uh, honing in on youth in particular. But as it started to grow, we've kind of expanded into, well, you know what, we want to represent the CEOs of, of tech companies and we want to represent venture capitalists and all of these amazing women who are at the top of their fields. And then I think on a personal level, like every single time I'm in a room and I get the honor and opportunity of having that time to speak into their lives. It's always amazing to know that you're hearing what these barriers are that people are experiencing and you're speaking directly to them. Um, people struggling with things and it's not limited to youth. Like the more that I'm out and speaking to audiences, you know, people of, of all ages and all genders are struggling with, you know, trying to find their way in a very busy world. We have uh, information overload and we have constant distractions and we all have our goals and we mm -hmm. all have things that we'd like to achieve for ourselves. And one of the big things that I'm seeing and really speaking to is how do we kind of manage this information influx how do we how do we build our weeks and our calendars so that we make time for a balanced life and i'm i'm really a strong advocate for that and and to me balance isn't necessarily you know i'm going to have all these hours for all these things mm -hmm. but how do i make the things in my life that are priorities to me uh, priorities in my schedule and still, you know, make time to to do really, really well in my work and career goals. And so um, I, I really love speaking to that and kind of, I'm really trying to be on the pulse of what people are struggling with, you know, what are some of the, the comments under articles and stories that are being featured and what are the pain points that people are experiencing and how can I sort of add some value there? Oh, that's fantastic. And it's funny you should mention that because even when we were starting out with Swab, something I would struggle with is the whole work-life balance. And, you know, starting a business, you are constantly working around the clock. And it wasn't until I heard the words work-life integration that I thought, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, we're proud of what we're doing. And if it's a Saturday and I'm out and it's the day that I'm not really supposed to be working, if I see people walking around with resumes, you know, I'm going to go up to them and speak to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think even just changing your mindset and really, again, like you said, listening to your audience and what they're asking for and really finding, okay, this is a topic that it seems like most people may struggle with. Why not touch upon it? So that's fantastic. Um, I even think in your experience, when you go out and speak to different youth and speak to different age groups, I know you mentioned that uh, recently you gave a talk at uh, RBC discussing, you know, uh, resumes, cover letters. So what in your experience, um, especially because we are a job app helping youth, uh, what would be your experience? What makes a good resume and cover letter stand out? Yes. Uh I honestly think that because you have to keep in perspective that um, employers, just like we all are inundated with information, <laughs> employers are inundated with that, plus, you know, a stack or a pile or tons of sort of people wanting a particular job or opportunity. And so for, for me, like the advice that I would give to young people is you really want to take time crafting exactly. your unique profile, resume, cover letter to mm -hmm. speak to the particular opportunity that you are applying for. You know, as someone who's hired 
many students I actually used to run um, a youth program within the Durham region and you know we'd hire 50 uh, high school students That's over amazing. the course of a summer program and uh, you know what we'd get maybe 200 250 plus applications 300 plus applications and it's like how do you sort of narrow mm-hmm. down that pool and we look for you look for people who have taken the time to learn about the opportunity to learn about the company and mm-hmm. not just say like hey I would like this job but also what can I do to add value? And I find that a lot of young people, a lot of youth don't think of themselves that way because it's their first job and they're just so eager and they just, you know, they just want somebody to say yes. But they have to remember, it's not just a take scenario. Any work relationship should not be just a take scenario as in I'm going to just take this opportunity mm-hmm. so that I can earn money. It's, exactly. it's a give and take scenario. It's a give and take relationship. What can I do to add value to this company? And that company might be big and established and, you know, a franchise and all of these things, but there's still always something that you uniquely have to offer. And you need to kind of be able to pinpoint that and say that even if it's as simple as, you know what, I play on my, my soccer teams um, and I do a great job at building like teamwork and I do a great job at bringing the team together and making that a priority. I really think I'd be able to use those skills and bring them to my role here to kind of create like a really positive team environment. Like just by doing that, we get to know so much more about you and you're showing how you add value. So I really strongly believe in looking for ways that you can help bring something to this company. It's not just them giving you a job. It's what are you going to do? What are you going to bring to the company? What are you going to bring to that job and that role that will make that company better? Exactly. Exactly. Even if it is someone's first job, you know, exactly to your point, what are you going to do to make that company better? How are you going to add value? How are you going to make it a better work environment, a better workplace? So I completely agree with you on that. And how, what makes you, you know, what makes you stand out? Um, and even something that we hear, uh, even with some of the youth who may are looking for jobs, like, of course, they ask us like questions, like, what should I do to prepare, especially for an interview? So that's awesome with your resume and cover letter. But what can you do when you actually land that interview to stand out and make sure that your interview goes well? Um, and of course, mentioning things like, you know, like you just said, this is the way that I can add value to the team. This is how I work. Um, so, you know, Sometimes people, and this is something that we, you know, all need to work on is, you know, you cannot wing it. If you're going for a job interview, you definitely need to research the company beforehand. So, you know, what kind of tips would you give to somebody who's, you know, gone to that point where the resume cover letter, it stood out, it got them the interview. What would you say to somebody who's landed that interview? Yes. So congrats when you've landed that interview, because you have just like, you know, crossed a, a marker and you, you have an opportunity now to really showcase all that you are and um, all that you can bring. And this is where the employer is not looking for a perfect answer to a question. Mm-hmm. They are not. They are looking for a person who has the right skills, personality, attitude, attributes, um, who seems eager, passionate, uh, and really cares about this opportunity and this company that's what they are looking for so i think just removing this idea that you have to have the most picture perfect answers no Mm -hmm. but what you do want to have is some real life stories that showcase your own experience so my recommendation when preparing for an interview is always to sit down and come up with three to five stories in your life 
examples of times where you have demonstrated a particular skill. So I would for sure focus on making uh, five of those like a positive experience. Mm -hmm. So again, if we go back to that leader, that team experience where, you know, on your soccer team, um, maybe you're the captain, right? Or, or maybe you've helped organize some of the events. So that one example would be one of your points in your preparation. And that, that you can use to meet a number of different questions. So if you get a question that's about teamwork, you know, great, you can pull that example. If you get a question about leadership, you could also probably pull that example, right? So I actually went out, you'd be like, I went out of my way and I organized like a team retreat and, you know, I help run the meetings that happen every couple of weeks, like whatever it is. So have three to five different powerful examples that showcase you doing great work within your extracurriculars, within your class, within your volunteer experiences, within previous work experiences, have those listed down. And then those become your talking points. Mm -hmm. So it's great when somebody asks you a question, you know, why don't you tell me a little bit about your strengths? You're not just saying, well, you know what, I'm good at writing, or I'm good at speaking. It's like, well, you know what, I actually contribute to my school newspaper. And this is how I've been able to kind of grow my readership. Like, do you see how that works? You're able to pull real world life examples that help the interviewer get to know you. They get to mm -hmm. learn something about you and you're providing like an in-depth relevant experience. You also want to think about, because you know you're going to get asked a question of a time where things didn't go well. So mm -hmm. you want to think through a few examples. I'd say a minimum of two in advance that showcase like a real like challenge that you overcame, an obstacle where things didn't go right. And if you have those sorts of bullet points together, which all together you have maybe your five positives and you have your two kind of negative situations, you now have what you need to tackle the various questions that come your way. So that's my biggest piece of advice. The last thing that I want to say on this, and I'm really passionate about this, <laughs> as you might be able to tell at this I point, <laughs> um, but I, will, I think it's important to see interviews as a two-way conversation because yeah. it is. So as much as you are being asked questions about you, you almost always get an opportunity at the end of the interview to ask questions of the company. This mm -hmm. is where you really demonstrate that you care, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that you have something to offer. One of my favorite questions to ask is, you know, what does a day in the life of mm -hmm. someone working this position look like? Something like that, where you're kind of like getting a chance to learn about the role. Um, you know, you could ask a little bit about what the culture is like in the company. Like, take the time to understand what this company is all about. How can you provide value? And remember that, you know, you can't put too much pressure on yourself. You go in and you put your best foot forward. You speak. You share your examples. Um, you show where you can add value. And if it's the right fit, it'll be the right fit and it has to be the right fit both ways, the right fit for you and the right fit for the company. And if it's not that particular opportunity, maybe it's another one down the road. So you can't put a ton of pressure on yourself. Just always go in there armed, prepared, passionate, and really eager to show that you have value to add to the company. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. Honestly, I think, you know, uh, the interview can be definitely a stressful time. Somebody could be nervous, but having, especially, I love your points on the three to five positive stories, even two negative stories. Like it's just a way for the employer to get to know you. And especially, yes, you're totally right. You do have time uh, at the end of an interview to ask questions yourself because yeah, this is your job interview too. Why not take advantage of that and really get to know the company as well. And like you said, it shows the employer that you care, that you put in research, that you really want this position. So yes, I think those exactly. are, yeah, I think those are fantastic points. So thank you so much for sharing that. 
Um, and, you know, I think to my last uh, question, you know, as a successful business owner, you know, you've had Girl Talk Empowerment for the last seven years. Now you are rebranding to Girl Talk Speaker Bureau. Lots of amazing things going on. You were speaking at a ton of events. You know, you've done TED Talks before, which is fantastic. Um, to our audience who may be thinking of starting a business, what's some advice you would give to somebody? It's a great question. I think where my head goes right away is surrounding yourself with a team of advisors and mentors that oh, yes. can help you can help you tackle the challenges that are going to come because as you know very well Stephanie oh, yes. <laughs> uh, entrepreneurship is basically taking your best ideas driving headfirst into a wall and then when the things fall down you pick up the pieces that worked and you leave behind what didn't and you move mm -hmm. on to the next sprint to the next exactly. wall um, and it's basically a series of doing that I heard Michelle Romanoff say that and I was like you know what that is bang on um so what worked really well for me was even when I was just starting out, and I think this is important whether you're an entrepreneur, I think this is honestly important even, even just in life and, and in your career is to have mentors. And the way that mm -hmm. you build these is looking for the people in your circle who have taken interest in you above and beyond. You know what? Maybe they've thought of you to ask you something. Maybe they've, they've met with you. Or maybe you've seen people in your network that you would like to meet for coffee or that you would like to have a phone call with to ask them some information and kind of starting to build these great mentor relationships. Asking those people. So for the entrepreneurship angle, I went to, you know, I was fresh out of university. So I went to like my, my high school principal who I kept in touch with. I reached out to, to him. Um, I had met a speaking coach um through being involved in the community i asked her to be on my my advisory so i put together like an advisory board mm -hmm. which basically means i had a number of mentors people i looked up to and admired some i knew really well some i didn't know as well but i knew they believed in me and i knew that they would maybe commit to meeting even quarterly you know four times a year um spread it out i would always buy dinner for everyone and make mm -hmm. it like really worth their while to thank them for their time a two-hour meeting i have an agenda let me ask you some questions like here's the challenges that I'm experiencing. Here's what I'm struggling with. How can how can we solve this? What are some of your ideas, advice? They'd also bring in some of their own connections to help solve the problem. So um, to make a long answer short, I really believe in building your network, and I believe in the power of mentorship. Could not agree with you more. You know, yeah, <laughs> couldn't agree with you more because mentors, having advisors, they're people who are cheering you on and are people who are there to help you, support you, guide you. So you want to take advantage of that. And especially being an entrepreneur, it could be a lonely road. So having those people there for you is so important. So thank you so much for touching upon that. That was great. Of course. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for being a part of our podcast. We really appreciate it. And I think our users are going to love the points that you gave today because this was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I love Swab and I love what you're doing with it. I'm like advocating heavily for you guys. I think this is a great way for students to find opportunities. And as somebody who is like an opportunity hungry person. <laughs> this would be my kind of app if I was in high school oh, or university. You. So thank you for creating it. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you again, Katie. Thank you.